is the Mulberry Lane Show. The Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, it's Allie here along with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo. Right. And it's time for the Mulberry Lane Show. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, glad you guys are along for the ride. Got an hour here of interviews, music, and fun. And couldn't be happier that you're here with us. And there's no one we'd rather spend this time with than you. Thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. All right, sisters, let's get to those guests. Let's do it. The Mulberry Lane Show's on. Celebrity story songs. You're going to have it going on when we tell you who's stopping by now. Up first, you're going to meet former Celtic Thunder member and all-around Irish good guy, Keith Harkins. You, you came into my life. You opened up my eyes, my heart, my jealousy. You're the thing that matters most to me. Nothing but you and I. Keith Harkin is back on the show today because he's coming through the heartland at November 14th. He's going to be at the Reverb Lounge in Omaha. That's right. Keith is going to catch you up on what he's been up to. He's working on some brand new music, which he's going to be playing at the Reverb. And on the show today, he talks about his collaboration with amazing songwriter Jack Temption, who wrote Peaceful Easy Feeling and Already Gone, among many other songs for the Eagles and other groups. So you'll be interested in hearing what Keith has to say about his friend Jack. All right, sisters, who else? Today, you're going to meet Johnny Cash's grandson. Now, Thomas Gabriel is with us, and he's going to share his musical journey. All the twists, turns, the good, the bad, the time in jail, and the time spent in rehab. He's also going to share some stories about his grandfather, Johnny Cash. You guys are definitely going to hear Johnny Cash in his voice. You guys, it's in the DNA. Yes, check it out right here. Under the yellow moon they all watched as he walked on by Past every front porch along Main Street everybody felt just fine That's Thomas Gabriel, Johnny Cash's grandson, later on on the show today. As if you couldn't tell by the voice, right? Exactly. (laughs) All right, then your journey is going to wrap up with Sahara Rose Katabi. She is a sensation on social media. She's written all about Ayurveda and how it applies to your diet. It's an ancient approach to eating. She's written a cookbook called Eat, Feel Fresh. That's all about balancing your dosha. You're going to hear all about it from Sahara. Some really interesting things you're going to take away to your life from this interview for sure. Uh Uh-huh, and she has made this type of eating easy. She's simplified the recipes and she has kept in mind the number of dishes you use. So that's my kind of girl. (laughs) Dishes and doshas. (laughs) And pretty cool that the person who wrote the foreword in her book is Deepak Chopra. So meet Sahara later on in the show today. 
Okay, well, before we kick off today's show, Rachel, you have a story to tell about kicking. Yes. My son was laying on a pillow playing Fortnite, and he got angry and kicked his leg out, and he hit the cabinet and thought he broke his foot. So he calls me and is crying, I think I broke my foot. So as it turned out, it wasn't broken, but he was limping for a day or so. But the interesting thing that I realized after this injury is my kids play hockey, they play football, basketball, softball, and we have had several broken bones, but it's always been on something stupid like kicking a cabinet, walking up steps, getting hit by a couch cushion, and playing on a playground. All those dangerous things. (laughs) (laughs) No broken bones playing sports. Knock on wood. (laughs) Well, you know what? Who knows what can happen when you listen to today's show. We hope you don't end up with any broken bones. (laughs) We'll be right back after the break with Keith Harkin, former member of Celtic Thunder. Now he's on a solo journey. Keep it here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Link Show. Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you catch up with singer-songwriter Keith Harkin here on the show every once in a while. And you're in luck because he's swinging through the heartland once again. Keith Harkin, Irish singer-songwriter and former member of Celtic Thunder, is back on November 14th. He's going to be at the Reverb Lounge with a special guest. And this is definitely a show you don't want to miss. Keith Harkin here on our show. They keep on rolling to where here we go. Thanks very much. Get me every time. Good to have you with us. Okay, so now I think we talked to you a little bit earlier this year, so you have to talk about what you've been up to in this Keep On Rolling tour. It's just kicking off, right? We start off in San Francisco, work our way the whole way up to Vancouver in British Columbia and Canada. So we're flying the West Coast and then I'm doing like another 25 shows all across America. From November 2nd right through to December 13th. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska on November 14th at the, the Reverb Lunch. Now you have a couple guests that are going out with you. Talk about both guests and who's going to be with you on the Omaha date. Yeah, I mean, well, for the first leg of the tour um, up the West Coast of America, myself, um, a good friend of mine called Joey Harkham. Joey's a fantastic singer-songwriter from Pasadena, Maryland. Joey's been on the scene a long time, and I'm pretty frugal about who I take out unless I really like their music, and Joey's one of those guys. And also, as well as that, I'm bringing the Eagles songwriter, Jack Tempshin. Jack wrote Peaceful Easy Feeling for the Eagles. He wrote Already Gone for the Eagles. Jack and Glenn Fry were best buddies, and they wrote basically every track that he had together. Do you guys expect to co-write when you're touring or not? More than likely, yeah. Jack and I have been writing lots of material together for a long time. You know, Jack's... His last record was his best off hits, but the record before that was all new material. And I wrote a song with Jack on that called A Song For You. And on my last acoustic record, there was two tracks that Jack and I wrote on the In The Round record. And two songs called Ringtail Rat and the other one was called Carefree Heart. Awesome. And, you know, we've had Jack on the show here with us as well. So oh, radical. it's kind of fun to hear both of your perspectives. He's a real deal. Yeah, he's a really talented, talented songwriter. So now writing with him... Has that influenced how you approach your music at all? Uh, I don't know if it's changed the approach all that much, but it definitely makes me want to be better at what I do. (laughs) Jack and I write together very well. It's a pretty funny story how I actually met Jack in the first place. I was in Baja in Mexico on a surf trip. Okay. And we were coming back from Baja, and we stopped off in a little town called Encinitas, which is just north of San Diego, for a coffee on the way back to L.A. 
we were in a thrift store, my wife and I, and this this older gentleman came up to me, and he's wearing these big crazy glasses that he, were try, he was trying on in the store, and he's like, hey, man. He started chatting about my shirt and said, Deus, okay. which is the Latin god of the machines. And he was like, Deus, man, I, I know what that means. And, you know, I've been living in L.A. now for like seven, eight years. So normally when someone comes up and talks to you, you grab your children and run across the opposite <laughs> side of the street. And I just done like a nine-hour border crossing, so I wasn't really in chatty form. Um, so I was like, yeah, I chatted away to him and thought nothing of it. And then a week later, I was at Caboo Festival back down in San Diego. And we were backstage, and I was sitting chatting with my wife to this couple called the Natters. And the Natters are writers Jason Mraz. They wrote um, all Jason Mraz's okay. big hits with him. Uh-huh. And mid-conversation, the two of them jump up, and they're like, oh, we have to go talk to this gentleman. Um, give us two seconds. You have to meet him. You have to go over and meet him. So I was sitting there backstage enjoying the free tequila with my wife, and uh, I turned around and looked, and who was everyone speaking to but the guy with the big glasses that I met at the store in Encinitas. Oh and I gosh. ran over in my tequila haze and got introduced to him. Um, the Natters were like, hey, Keith, this is uh, Jack Tamshin, the Eagles songwriter. <laughs> and I felt pretty stupid then from that point on. Oh, and uh, Jack and I became friends ever since then. I, all I have is a sticker that said Keith Harkin. And Jack contacted me like a week later. He actually went and looked up my stuff and really liked it and asked me what I write music for his last record back then. And uh, we've been friends and writing together ever since. That was about four years ago now. I love it. That's that a great story. That is such a now, cool did he, story. When he met you the second time, did he recognize you from the surf shop? Yeah, I became the crazy guy then from the surf shop. I was like, hey, man, remember me, Deus? And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember you, kid. And then uh, the rest was history, you know? Yeah. Does he call you Deus now? No, no, but it probably called me a few other things coming in. <laughs> well, if you've just joined us, singer-songwriter Keith Harkin here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Okay, so now what can people expect from the performance on the 14th? On the 14th, well, currently right now, I'm writing for my next record. Uh, okay. The last tour, I was touring my like, live album in the round. This tour, I'm really excited because I've been writing a lot over the past two years. And I get buckets of new material that I genuinely feel that some of the best stuff that I've written to date out of anything I've done. So I'm just really excited to go out there and hone in on my craft and hone in on these new songs that I'm getting ready for my next record. Yeah. Obviously, play the favorites that you can never get away from as well, but, right. but that's kind of what my plan is. So right. now when you play the new songs, do you kind of gauge the reaction with the crowd to see, you know, how you'll end up doing it for the next album? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think it's always good, too. I always find whenever you record a song and put it on a record, a song that you never really played before. Uh, for me, anyway, I always listen to it, like, years later, and I think, God, why didn't I change that to that, or why didn't I change that to that? So I always find it's good to play the songs, uh-huh. get comfortable with them, and let the song find itself within the way you play it. And also, obviously, you know, you could think a song's the greatest song in the world and you play it out and it could be the biggest lead balloon that you ever right. let go of. Right. That always helps too, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if people don't like the material, I'm not going to put it on a record. Right. And I like to just try it out that way. Mm-hmm. So I think the last time we talked, you had made some videos, some full-on videos, and then you were talking about how, you know, you can just make these quick little Instagram videos and they can get a lot more reaction than the things that you invest lots of money in. So where are you on that thought now? And just talk a little bit to how the industry is changing. I mean, the industry's changed so much. It's, it's crazy. It's kind of hard to keep on top off nowadays. Even the big artists nowadays don't really even spend a whole lot of money on, on music videos. I think if you just keep things real, uh-huh. I genuinely feel that that's starting to come back. You know, people want to see people actually 
playing the guitar and actually singing or playing piano or whatever the instrument yeah, is, and, and having a band actually play together. Uh-huh. You know, I just went two nights ago to see Willie Nelson at the uh-huh. Rose Bowl here in L.A. Uh-huh. Sturgill Simpson played. He came out just before Willie. And it was so refreshing to see Sturgill Simpson, an artist like himself, obviously the real deal. Uh-huh. But he just went out with a four-piece and he played electric guitar the entire set. And you could tell nothing was rehearsed. It's great just to see artists going out and doing their craft as opposed to having a load of smoke and mirrors on the right. stage with them, you know. And right. Hopefully, I, I would like to think that that's going to continue to grow and come back again. Yeah. That would be great. Yes, the real deal is, is where it's at now. And sharing, yeah. you know, who you are as an artist, too. People want that. 100%. Today. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Now, you used to be a member of Celtic Thunder. And how much would you say of your audience now, your Keith Harkin audience, would you say are people who liked you in Celtic Thunder versus people who have discovered you as a solo artist? I'd say it's about 50-50. Okay. You know, but the kicker is too, whenever I was with Celtic Thunder, I was one of the only guys in the show that was actually singing my own material. Uh-huh. So even though I was in Celtic Thunder, I was still singing material that I wrote myself. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. so they were kind of getting as much as me as they were the guy on stage. I like that about you because you've always been your unique original self and you've kept that about you. Try to. So now over the last couple of years, you've had a lot of changes in your life. You got married, you left Celtic Thunder, you launched your solo career. At this point, when you look back, does it all seem a blur or can you look back and say things just kind of fell into place? How do you look back at it? It's all a learning curve. You know, I feel today I'm more of the artist than I ever was. And I just think I've learned so much. You know, I've only, as the saying, as, as people, when you get older, if only I knew now what I, when I was doing it back then. Right. Um, you know, even when it comes to writing a song, I think it's easier and I feel like I know how to do it better now than I ever did. Uh-huh. I also feel that I'm playing guitar and singing better than I ever did. Uh-huh. You know, so for me, it was just a massive learning experience, the whole Celtic Thunder thing and the whole first few records I've done myself. I'm really, to be honest, excited about next year and this tour coming up. I mean, I'm literally sitting here in a meeting right now. We're planning on touring all of Canada next year, all of America next year. My shows already went on sale for Australia, and I think we're already sold out almost in one of the concerts. We're going to be adding another concert out there in Australia. That's so awesome. Next year's a big year. I'm recording a new record, and I've got a world tour, basically, planned in the books. It's going to be a crazy amount of work, but I'm super excited for the whole thing to reveal. And I have to say that, you know, I really enjoy your live videos and for people who have not seen you live they are really in for something because you really move the audience thank you very much all right well you know keith we always love catching up with you and it sounds like next year is going to be another big year for you so you're going to have to stop back and check in with us periodically and let us know how it's all going i will most certainly thank you so much for your time ladies yes i will see you november 14th reverb lounge please do love you That's singer-songwriter Keith Harkin swinging through the heartland November 14th at Reverb Lounge. Don't miss it. When we come back, you're going to meet the grandson of a super famous country music star. Just from hearing his voice, you're going to know exactly who he's the grandson of. Find out next, right here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Taking you to break with Irish singer-songwriter Keith Harkin. Sitting here on my make-a-wish Patience is all I have is Time I think I'll never let you go Moving patterns in the air Thoughts dance strong like Fred Astaire I wanna hold your body, hold you close And I, I just can't wait To see your face To say your name And I 
voice I touch your skin The world fades away Hey, there's nothing but you and I You take the stars, the moon, the night, the air I breathe Music, celebrities, and everything in between Back to the Mulberry Lane Show Now, here's Mulberry Lane Well, when you're Johnny Cash's grandson, you have a lot to live up to. No one is up to the task like Thomas Gabriel, a splitting vocal image of his grandfather with the story to match. Now, his latest album, Long Way Home, is a testament to that story. And you guys are going to hear all about it right now. Welcome, welcome to the show, Thomas Gabriel. Hello, glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you on the show. Oh my gosh, you sound just like your grandfather. So when (laughs) did you know that that DNA had translated straight to your vocal cords? I remember riding my bicycle around as a kid, thinking I sounded similar in my head, you know. But when I was in high school, I was played in some bands, and and I actually had to kind of try to not sound like that. Because I was always trying to play rock and everything, and I didn't want to be... I didn't want to be labeled as sounding like him if I'm sitting there trying to sound like Molly Crew or Iron Maiden or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that, that wouldn't really work. Your grandfather, he had heard you sing. He had kind of known that you had this in your heart to pursue music. So talk about what his advice to you was. He gave me permission to use his studio in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Okay. Over across from his house. And, and how so old were you at this and, time? Uh, maybe 20, 21. Okay. And we came up with a pretty good, I thought, pretty good EP. I don't know, five, six songs. And I brought it to him on a cassette. I asked him, I said, hey, I want you to go and listen to this and tell me what you think about it. And I was hoping he would hear it and, and say, hey, that's what you need to do. Give me his blessing and all. So he was he was leaving the house that one day and he was getting to his car and I, I handed him the tape and he said, all right, I'll listen to it in the car and when I get back, I'll I'll get with you, and I'll tell you what I thought. Okay. I said, okay. So about two days go by, and I never I never run into him again. And I see him pull back in. And I went up to him, and I said, hey, what'd you think? He said, about what? <laughs> said, about that tape I gave you, you know? Said, I've been waiting for two days for you to get home. Tell me about it. And he said, uh, he said well, he said, I'm going to talk to you about that. He said, go, go, let's go meet me on the porch, and we'll talk about it. So we went and talked, and he said, uh, he said yeah. He said, I like it. It's good. You need to work on your vocal some and all that, you know. Uh-huh. I, I didn't want to hear any of that. Sure. Uh, and and he says, uh, but I want you to get a backup plan first. He said, uh-huh. I want you, you're too young to be just putting all of your eggs in one basket. You know, I want you to go and get a backup plan first and then come back with a comment. And if, if you do that, then, you know, then we'll talk. And I, I felt like he gut punched me. And, but, you know, that was the best thing in the world he could have done for me. I said, well, what do you have in mind? Maybe school or whatever. And he said, no, I want you to go be a police officer. He said, actually, what he said is, you're going to go be a cop. Wow. Said, you could, you'd be good at it, and that's what you need to do. And, you know, I, first of all, it's not what I wanted to hear about the music. Second, it's not at all what I wanted to hear. So I said, my mind was going to do that. So I did. And so you did. You took later, his advice. Yeah, yeah, exactly what I did. And I was a police officer for about, uh, about eight years. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to singer-songwriter Thomas Gabriel, grandson of the great Johnny Cash, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, you became a cop, but then that got derailed. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, like, uh, it's no secret, my family, chemical addiction is uh, 
rampant. You know, it's, uh, and you you grew up around it. That was just part of your daily oh, yeah. life. It yeah, was, it, it was that was the norm. You know, I mean, that was part of what you dealt with. But being a police officer, you know, and I, and I work midnights, and you go without sleep. You see all these things that get to you, and personally, and you you let it affect your home life, sure. and uh, whatever the case. I mean, it was a lot of variables. Some people handle it better than others, but. My drinking picked up a whole lot, and then I started on pills to stay awake and pills to go to bed, and basically my addiction became, well, I mean, uh, to be quite honest, a lot like his, and um, almost identical, really. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, once you get into that scene, nothing goes right. You can't maintain yourself, much less anything else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Slowly but surely, you know, I, I ended up losing the family, and career and uh basically even my freedom uh, you know i went from there to uh being an officer to uh, a couple years later being in prison okay and then i was i was in prison for uh nearly about about as long as it had been almost exactly the same length i'd been an officer wow so, yeah. but that's where you started getting back in touch with your creative side your music side yeah, actually, um, I ended up going to prison twice. I, I violated my probation, or my parole, rather. Because okay. I was never really good at following rules. Um, but I uh, went back to prison the second time, and I started working on music and music only. And because the second time you go in, you know, <laughs> you realize, hey, it's the first time a prison didn't work. Maybe there is a problem. Right. You know, maybe I should look a little harder at myself. Okay. So I did, and that's when I uh, not only started working on music, but I worked on myself quite a bit, and uh, wrote a lot of songs, and uh, actually some are on the album. Uh, so do you think there. that taking a look at yourself, kind of internally examining what you had been through, do you think that helped you get in touch with that side of you that was able to be honest about your music? Yeah, well, it can be honest with yourself can't be honest with anybody yeah you know and when you're when you're in addiction you're in denial so bad about it you can't even uh be honest enough to admit it you know once you get to that point where you can be honest with yourself then you can start to put it down on paper you know i mean i mean how are you going to write a song or or anything a book or a poem or anything even a letter to someone and be heartfelt if you're not able to be who you are right you know was that hard for you to get to that point? Oh, yeah. I never thought it would happen. You know, I'd been to drug rehab 19 times. Okay. And um, <laughs> it even says that, you know, to do this program, you know, you have to be able to be honest with yourself. And that's the part I failed immediately. And that's what all the problems was for, for so many years, you know. Okay. More honest musical chat with singer-songwriter Thomas Gabriel, grandson of Johnny Cash, Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. In the shadow of a corner store As the night was growing cold I heard an old man crying out Everything must be sold stories behind the songs back to the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane 
Thanks for keeping it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. Right now you're listening to singer-songwriter Thomas Gabriel. Now he's the grandson of the late, great Johnny Cash. In the last segment, Thomas talked all about his chemical addiction, how he had been in and out of jail two times, and how the second time really allowed him to look honestly at his life. Let's get back right now with Thomas Gabriel. What was it about this time that made you dig down and get to that place where you could be honest with yourself? I don't know if it was just a matter of having to to get so low or so miserable. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't don't know. I've wondered about that myself. There's lots of variables, but basically it boils down to the fact, in my opinion, it was just God's time for me. I've got one of my best friends is a a doctor in in Chicago, and he, he, he hung out with me, but yet always seemed to, his moral compass always seemed to be in the right spot, you know, right. and uh-huh. mine was never, so uh-huh. some people would get it right right off the bat, some people have to learn the hard way, but, you know, going over a bunch of bumpy, bumpy roads, you know, yeah. that's what happened with me. So those bumpy roads inspired Long Way Home, so, oh, yeah. and yeah. their first single is 1974, so explain the significance of that. 1974 is a, a prison number, of course it's not long enough to be a real one. But it's about a guy that goes to prison, you know, messes up, uh, goes to prison, gets out, tries to do right, screws up again, and goes right back to prison. So it's not a happy, <laughs> not a happy ending at all. You know? <laughs> so it's straight alive, you know. Uh-huh. So that's exactly what it is. Everybody's like, oh, you know, when you tell them what it's about, they go, now I get it. But man, it, you figured the guy go home and get it. No. Nope. Nope, he sure didn't. He had to learn again. Sure didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then what do you want people to take away from the album? You know, there's a, it's, the album is basically a concept album. It's, for me, it's um, from birth till now. You okay. know, it's, uh, it covers every, every side of what I'm about, which is uh, a lot of mistakes, a lot of pain, a lot of good times. Lot of, I mean, it's, it's everything. It's everything. a mixture of everything. Mm-hmm. If you notice the, where the tracks are even lined up, it's kind of a timeline. It's, uh, it's more of a concept. So what do you think your grandfather would say about this album? I honestly believe that he would be extremely proud of this one. Okay. If I would have released anything that I had had in the past first, I don't think that would be the case. Okay. And what makes me even believe that more is, well, I just feel that. I feel I don't, okay. I don't think it would have worked out, period, if, if, that, if he didn't. And do you think you had to go through everything you had to go through to get this album to, yes. where, to where it's at? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't leave one thing out. Yeah. Amazing I've, how I've life... been divorced five times. I've wow. been in prison twice. I've been, you know, I've, uh, I've uh, been on the, uh, on the how many hospital journeys. I mean, you know, there's... But, but all of it adds up to one thing, and that's what we've got now. Yeah. So it's all good. It's all good. Always redemption somewhere. Always. Uh-huh. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to singer-songwriter Thomas Gabriel, grandson of the great Johnny Cash, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. You just wrapped up a tour, so talk about what the reception of the music was like and what that was like for you being on stage performing these songs. I'm going to tell you, this, this tour here went, I mean, we, we were all really positive in the beginning about it. It went off way better than we even imagined. The response has just been unreal. I mean, just so positive. And we've met so many great people along the way. We've made so many friends. And every place we've gone, I mean, we have received no negativity whatsoever. Everybody has been so supportive and just genuine.
great connections here with the audiences. And we started in Memphis and went all the way through Arizona, Utah, Montana. Okay. Plans for another leg of the tour? Well, see, in a few weeks we go to Ireland. We've got several dates. Um, another Western tour coming up for next year. We've got some more European stuff in, in March, I believe. Okay. So we've got a really busy year coming. Sounds like it. Great. And then is yeah. there anything that you would want to share with the listeners about your grandfather that maybe people wouldn't know about him or, or some story as his grandson that you want to share? You know, I will say this. Lots of things about him that I, I didn't understand while he was alive, sadly. But a lot of things about him that I didn't understand that I maybe disagreed with or were confused by. Now, after after seeing the road and seeing the reaction to the way that people react to not only his songs, but my songs as well, and the influence, when you spark any sort of inspiration in someone else or, you know, you connect with people and by feeling what they feel, you know, and, and song does that, you know. Right. But but now I understand a lot of things he said and did that I okay. didn't then, and, and I uh, I really want to give him credit for that, where I haven't in the past. That sounds like the inspiration for the next album. Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, well, Thomas, we want to thank you for joining the show, telling us about the album and your life and sharing your heart. We appreciate it, and we'll be checking out Long Way Home. Well, thank you very much. And it's out there. It's on, on iTunes and CD Baby and uh, Amazon and Apple. It's on all of them. So it's easy to find. It's Long Way Home. It's 11 tracks, and 11 original tracks. And uh, I would love to know how everybody likes it because I love getting feedback. Okay. Good where or can, bad. Where can people connect with you? Um, ThomasGabriel.com. Okay. And right now is the best way. Um, ThomasGabriel.com or uh, we're also getting ready to set up a couple of more other sites um, okay. so yeah I'm easy to get in touch with alright Thomas well thank you thank you I really have enjoyed it check out Thomas Gabriel Long Way Home and if he doesn't sound just like his grandfather Johnny Cash I don't know who does well keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show because when we come back you're going to meet Sahara Rose Katabi now she's got a huge online following because of her amazing approach to diet eating for your dosha it's Ayurveda and you're going to hear all about it coming up next under the yellow moon they all watched as he walked on by Past every front porch along Main Street, everybody felt just fine. He heard their whispers on the wind, ain't it a shame he'll never change, never change, never change. But every village needs a fool and every sinner needs someone to blame. you covered the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane well are you struggling with low energy or knowing what to eat to feel your best enter alkaline ayurveda now it incorporates the best of the ancient sacred traditions of ayurveda and the modern diet sahara rose katabi is here to break it all down for you her new cookbook eat feel fresh is all plant-based alkaline and gluten-free it's out now and it will have you living your best life in no time welcome welcome to the show sahara rose katabi 
Oh, thank you so much for having me and for the beautiful serenade. Ah, you're welcome. Okay, so now first, before we get into the cookbook, explain a little bit about Ayurveda. Yes, so Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system and the sister science of yoga. And what makes it really unique is it's based off your unique mind-body type. So a diet or lifestyle for one person will not work for another. Which makes a lot of sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so now this book really takes us our Western recipes and adding some things that are good for us. So give us an example of a recipe in the book. So I take tastes that are familiar to us, like your pizza, pancakes, brownies, tacos, pho, anything that you would want to eat, and I've upgraded it. So I've made it alkaline. I've omitted the heavy use of grains. There's no sugar. There's no dairy products. There's no toxic canola oils, MSG, things that we would actually commonly find in in store-bought foods and allowed us to continue eating the foods that we've grown up eating and loving and we don't want to give up on, but included spices, plant-based ingredients, and of course made it easy because if something's going to take you seven hours to make, you're never going to do it. So I've really kept in mind how easy is it and how many dishes does it take because I'm someone that doesn't like to do a lot of dishes. (laughs) So so how can we minimize the dishes on this one and made it as just really cut and simple as possible without letting go of the taste? So how long did this take to, you know, come up with these recipes and to narrow it down to the ones that are in the book? You know, I started learning about Ayurveda seven years ago, and that's to learn about it for my own health problems. So I had digestive issues, hormonal issues, bone issues, anxiety, insomnia, and I came to Ayurveda because it was the only system that saw that all of these issues I had from the mind, body, digestion, hormones were all interconnected as one imbalance, the air, the vata imbalance. Uh So I started to make these recipes back then, seven years ago, and continue to adapt them and include superfoods from around the world, ingredients from blue zones, areas that have the world's longest lifespans, and really take the best of both worlds. I also studied sports nutrition. So I'm very fascinated by learning about how does the nutritional science today back up these Ayurvedic claims. So really, it's seven years in the making, and it's stuff that I'm still continuing to learn and develop. Okay, so now, did your health issues clear up? Absolutely. And And how long did that take? It took about a year. For example, I didn't get my period for two years at all, and that was because I was not eating the right foods for my mind-body type. I was eating a lot of salads, smoothies, cold foods. And when you eat that and you are a natural air type, um, your body is essentially too cold. And when it's too cold, it shuts off all digestive processes, hormonal processes, anything that is not essential to your survival, because essentially you're malnourished even though you're eating foods. And this is actually the most common imbalance I see with health-conscious young women, because we're eating the foods that society tells us to. We're eating salads and smoothies and going on juice cleanses, but... We're suffering from bloating, gas, constipation, anxiety, and these are all telltale signs that our vata, our air energy, is out of balance. And the moment I started to eat these more grounding, warming foods, including the spices that balance out the air, the vata, I felt so much better, not just physically, but mentally. I was able to follow through with tasks. I'm someone who, like you guys, is really creative, but sometimes has a lot of ideas, and I don't know how to get these ideas done. (laughs) Yeah, I would not have been able to do this book if I hadn't balanced my vata, the air type. Sahara Rose Katabi, Ayurvedic expert here on the Mulberry Lane Show. What are the doshas? There's three of them, right? 
Yeah, so the doshas are the mind-body types. So the first one is air, which I had a lot of. And in the body, that's going to be like air-like qualities. So in the stomach, bloating, gas, constipation. And in the mind, if your mind is moving like the air, you're going to have a lot of thoughts. You're creative, you're artistic, but sometimes you can get lost or scattered or forgetful, anxious. Your mind is cycling in thoughts like a tornado. Okay. Wow. I think everyone in our family is that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes you, you see that because they're traits that are, are passed along, too. Okay. And then there's the fire type, which is called pitta. And the fiery people, they tend to be very ambitious, hardworking, structured, organized. They know what they want, and they're going to go get it. They're uh-huh. the type of people who you hang out with them. They send you, like, a Google Cal alert, like, a right. month in advance. Like, okay, <laughs> 4.15, we're going on this walk. And at this time, confirm with me 24 hours in advance. Like, they need to know what's going on. Yes. But the thing that happens is in life, you don't always know what going to happen. So oftentimes they get really frustrated, angry, impatient, annoyed. They want everything to go according to schedule. And when it doesn't, they don't know where to direct that fire. And sometimes it can go to the wrong person. Uh So they have to balance out that fire. And then in the body, physically, fire means you feel hot all the time. Uh You have heartburn. Your heart is literally burning. You may sweat a lot. Your sweat may have a strong smell. You may be attracted to spicy foods, coffee, because these are things that are amping up your fire which is the opposite of what you need. So okay. these fire types, they need more cooling, more hydration, more leafy greens, coconut oil, things like that. Interesting. And the third? And then the third are the earth types, the kapha types. So these are people who are naturally very chill, go with the flow, easygoing, but oftentimes they have a hard time getting out of their own routine. They can be very habitual creatures. They may have the same friends, the same job, the same everything for many, many years, even if it's not best serving them. Uh They also often put other people in front of themselves. They're serving everyone around them, which leads them feeling depleted. And as a result, they often lead to emotional eating, comfort eating, and end up gaining weight. You know, we hold on to energy in our body, so they hold on to this weight, particularly in the hips and the thighs, and that makes them feel heavier, more lethargic, more stuck. So if you're feeling like that, then you know that your kapha, your earth energy is out of balance and you need more stimulating food, more spices, more things that are going to get your metabolism going. So if you have maybe characteristics of a few of these, how do you find out exactly what type you are? Yes. Yeah, so I have a quiz on my website that you can take. It's IamSaharaRose.com. Okay. And that quiz will tell you exactly what percentage you are of all three doshas in the mind and then also in the body. And unlike any other quiz, I've separated the results of the two so you know exactly what's going on for you. And you can follow the dietary suggestions for the dosha that's highest in your body and the lifestyle meditation suggestions for, from that that is highest in your mind. Eat Feel Fresh, does it have recipes for each of the dosha types? Yeah, so I've actually done something called tridoshic cooking, which means using recipes that can work for all three doshas. And the way that you do that is you omit the ingredients that will imbalance a particular dosha. So I took out all of the raw foods because that will throw the vatas, the air types, out of balance. I took out all of the super spicy foods, excess garlic and onions and tomatoes because that throws the pitta, the fires, out of balance. And I took out the dairy, the heavy 
starches and sugar because that makes the kapha, the earth tastes out of balance. So what you're left with are ingredients that include the six tastes of Ayurveda that work for all three doshas and things that you can even customize further according to the dosha that you are highest in. Deepak Chopra wrote the Mm -hmm. foreword to the book. So how cool was that? Yeah, it's amazing because I grew up reading his books and he's someone that really illuminated the journey for many of us. So it was really a profound honor to be able to meet him and have him write these kind words. And I think that, you know, there are more and more people these days that are opening up to this way of being. So it's much easier for us today than it was for him during his time. Well, this is so fascinating. I want to thank you for joining the show and enlightening us. And the book is Eat, Feel Fresh. And where's the best place to find out more about you? Yeah, so they can head over to my website, IamSaharRose.com. It's the same on Instagram. And my podcast is called Highest Self Podcast. We'll check you out all those places. That's Sahara Rose Katabi. Check out her new book, Eat, Feel Fresh. Some great recipes to have you feeling your best. With a foreword by Deepak Chopra. Sahara, thanks for bringing your Ayurvedic wisdom to the show today. Yep, now I feel like I gotta dive deeper into this. Right, get your vata in balance, Allie. Oh, exactly. <laughs> All right, sisters, who else do we need to thank? Well, we gotta thank a former member of Celtic Thunder, Keith Harkin. Keith, thanks for hanging out. And it's so awesome that you're coming through the heartland. November 14th, guys, he's gonna be at Reverb Lounge. Get your tickets now. You don't wanna miss the show. Keith is the real deal. Take you on an emotional ride. He puts on a great concert. That's true. Thanks, Keith. Okay, Rachel, who else? A big radio hug to Thomas Gabriel, grandson of Johnny Cash. So glad our journeys crossed. Your story is compelling and is sure led to some great music. Thanks for bringing your story here. And guys, make sure you check out Long Way Home by Thomas Gabriel. And check out that voice. Oh, boy. All right, sisters. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of The Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you join us same time, same place next weekend. We'll be waiting right here for you. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. You got to believe I'm begging you, please hold me.